Hey everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. We're going to be giving you all the highlights for the week starting Monday, May 20th, and I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Alicia and Cassandra. Welcome back, gals. Thanks, Kel. Thanks, Kel. <laughs> In stereo. I love it. <laughs> it's a very Thanks, twinsy Kel. theme this week, so I think you guys were doing a wonderful uh, portrayal of the Gemini vibes that will come yeah, through totally. this week. Through that. We're all looking for our other halves, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) Tuesday's Tuesday's bringing us quite the Gemini influx. And Cass, are you going to uh, lead us off this week with some uh, commentary on one of your favourite signs? Well, I thought I would, you know, take Team Gemini, given uh, some of just a little bit of Gemini in my chart. So we've got uh, the Sun and Mercury moving into Gemini, which therefore uh, will form what we know as that Kazemi connection um, at zero degrees, like so straight off the bat. Um, And so, you know, what happens when Mercury and, you know, any planet really comes into that place of the sun is it gets that infusion of like solar power. It gets, and I, you know, apologies in advance for those who don't watch games Game of Thrones, but whenever I think about Kazemi, we talk about the king's ear or the, you know, being like, uh, having that counsel or the ear of someone in position or power, I do think of Ned Stark, <laughs> that, you know, he was in that elevated position and he was that king's hand. But it's also, you know, when a planet is elevated, it's almost kind of got a little bit of a, it's essentially good while it's there. Then, of course, it will then combust out of that position and it's not in such a great place. But on the 21st of May, we do have Mercury in really great condition. So um, it is the uh, uh, superior conjunction. So it does kind of help us get our mind a little bit out of Gemini land, which is a little bit in the internal. It's a little bit in the details and, the you know, the this and that and the other. So this kind of does help that Mercury in Gemini component to think a little bit kind of beyond or outer worldly or a little bit bigger picture for what Gemini and Mercury usually does so it's um yeah I'm quite looking forward to it on a practical level it's really good if you've got a specific email you want to send that you know you want to generate a really positive response from if you want to hit your boss up for a pay rise or um, you're going for a job application or anything that you have to do that's logistical sending emails booking tickets signing contracts purchasing things it's a great opportunity to kind of Um, get a little bit of extra support or elevation or speed in that process. So uh, that um, phrase Godspeed, I think, is a good thing or a good, uh, you know, I guess, uh, phrase with that Gemini and the sun, uh, sorry, Mercury and the sun together in Gemini there. So that's my little, you know, thoughts on that. Do you girls have anything to contribute to you know, and this isn't a ruling sign, you know. It's got, like, mm, pretty good power, yeah. right? So yeah. this is, like, one of those great Kazemi placements where the planet is both in the sort of positive enhanced condition of Kazemi due to its proximity to the sun but is also in one of its own signs. So I do think that makes for a really sparked-up Mercury. Now, 
the Kazemi still has a little bit of that kind of internal quality. So it's like seeds are planted or ideas are, you know, there's this germination quality. So you're going to see the results in the future, but it's, as you're saying, Cass, it's the connections, the appointments, the scheduling that you do now, um, which will really basically be Tuesday, May 21st, that can set you up for opportunities and growth and success in the future. And I liked that turn of phrase that you used, Cass, around, was it Godspeed that you used? Mm. That just seems really appropriate. Speed for Mercury, God, because uh, the The sun sun. is the traditional Mm. planet of wisdom. So Mercury is like speaking to the God and all the gods and receiving some knowledge or insight that if you're paying attention, you too can pick up on Tuesday. Mm. Yeah. And so when you're talking about the, you know, the seed planted and and what have you, you know, that is something that can sort of germinate over the next six weeks. So um, for when Mercury is in another position. So, um, you know, as you said, you know, you can kind of get the ball rolling with something now and it will, um, you know, a six week germination period where you might get that response you're looking for or that outcome that you're wanting. Absolutely. And it, 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 this yeah. is another one of those times where it's really good to look at the placement of this in your chart. You know, which area of your chart does Gemini rule to really get the themes of what the potential is for this Kazemi? Um, you know, so for example, if you've got Gemini in the 10th, you know, this is a time to be making proposals or seeking promotions at work. It's a time where what you speak out and what you say will be met really well and you'll be coming from an mm-hmm. elevated position. Um Whereas it's in relationships, it's those connections at the seventh house, it's those connections and conversations you're having with loved ones that will really help ease the way and, and, and see those seeds that can be germinated. What about you girls? Where is it happening in your charts? Well, that scares me a little bit. <laughs> Only because it's happening in my fourth house, the part of the chart to do with home and to do with family, mm. to do with one's living situation. And we've just got so much going on there. We're finishing up a renovation, getting ready to move to another country, you know, looking for tenants to rent out our home. I mean, it's a good thing because the Kazemi can help with all the paper paperwork and the agreements and the deals. And dis- But I'm just like, there's just going to be a lot of paperwork <laughs> to do with yeah. where are we going? Who's doing what? Have we got the tenants contract? What about their insurance? Like it's just all of that logistical paperwork. So yeah, for me, it's fourth house of home and family, but Cass, it's a more personal part of the chart for you. Yeah. It's, you know, my ascending sign is Mercury. So, um, this is the 21st of May. So, you know, when that happens, it'll be sort of my first sunrise day in Seattle. So, (laughs) um, at this point in time, I'm uh, anticipating on, you know, just flying solo, doing whatever pleases me. Um, but you know, in last week's episode, I put a shout out if anybody's out, you know, I might get quite a few offers, who knows of people wanting to, uh, hang out in Seattle, but, um, you know, back to my point before, you know, about the six week period. So what happens when Mercury has a Kazemi, it's, you know, around six weeks after that is when the, uh, the Mercury retrograde phase starts. So it is kind of like a a six week from Kazemi to retrograde, retrograde to the next Kazemi. So you, you know, if you work with those Mercury cycles for long enough, you start to kind of see how what you start in a Kazemi can maybe like need to be fixed up or just, you know, tweaked a little bit in the retrograde. And then of course, um, the next, 
um, Kazemi, then it's, you know, the inferior and the cycle goes on and on. But, um, yeah, so, you know, the fact that this is the superior one, it's more about kind of putting your message out there or, you know, working on the external things a, a little bit. So, um, yeah, my first house. So I feel like it's actually going to be a little bit like a, a fresh start, a kickstart, um, a bit of a new beginning in some ways, um, you know, being in that first house. And, you know, of course, just, um, you know, some great ideas about things and, you know, I'll be in a city I've never, in the part of the world I've never been to before. So it's definitely, um, yeah, some new experiences to be had for sure. I'm excited. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And being that halfway point between retrogrades too, you know, Cass, because it, it brings in what happened in the past and, you know, all that crazy mayhem that happened in Pisces and thank God that's in the rear window, but we perhaps <laughs> themes from that may be coming back in as well. And I feel like, you know, just thinking about your story because for you that was all 10th house. So it's still linked in, you know, it's your work that's taking you overseas and those connections and things that you made in that Pisces time that'll be bringing in too. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make because, you know, this is something that sort of happens to everybody who has, um, you know, the mutable angles is that, you know, mm. Mercury and Jupiter rule all four of your angles. And for me, it just so happens I have all my angle rulers in the first house. So, you know, whatever happens in Gemini seems to happen to everything for me. Like, so yeah. it is kind of not just about me or my physical body or my appearance. It, it does tend to... Um, uh, ricochet into all other parts um so yeah um um yeah I've kind of got a few little suspicions but yeah we'll see what happens I think it's going to be um a very exciting time I'm really yeah looking forward to it can't wait I mean cool I'm a metalhead just in case people didn't know <laughs> and I grew up you know a teenager in the 90s where Seattle was everything you know yeah. or Norway okay so for me it was like Seattle uh for the grungy stuff and Norway for uh, a little bit of the heavier so you know I'm going to a, you know as you said Leash the past you know I'm going to a place that was such a part of my uh you know growing up experience so of course it's a very different place now than what it was then but yeah it's going to be so cool for me to kind of like think oh wow like this is like was the place in the world as far as I was concerned when I was like 16. So yeah, yeah. I might have a bit of a fangirl yeah. moment in certain parts, possibly. Not at the Starbucks original cafe, it'll be at some uh, gig or pub or something. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, because this is kind of heading into Norwalk week for people who are attending that conference. Yeah. So all that Gemini energy, because the Sun and Mercury, of course, both enter Gemini on Tuesday. So that just shifts the cosmic vibe into a much more social, chatty, engaging. Very much. Mm. You yeah. know, which was sort of talking yeah. about the peak of that with this Sun-Mercury conjunction. But, uh, mm. yeah. yeah, great, Connecting. obviously, for yeah. conferences, which will all be, well, not all, but totally. Kath and I and a few, I think it's 400 of our nearest and dearest, will be together, <laughs> which will be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, like yeah. compared to UAC, for example, you know, 400 is a very intimate conference. So, you know, it's it going is. to be so wonderful for conversations and connections and, you know, finding mm. your like astro buddy or your astro twin and, you know, really, you know, or a group, whatever it is, and just kind of really having, you know, I just expect that this week, you know, even if you're not at NORWAC, you know, conversation is going to be a key element of the week. 
you know, bantering, yep. exchanging ideas and thoughts and it's just, yeah, it's a wonderful energy just for talking and listening totally. to it, Totally, yep, totally, yeah. totally, yep. So, but what else Sorry is about the this FOMO week? there, Leishy. I'm I'm keeping it inside. <laughs> I'll live vicariously through you too. Uh, but Leash, there's other stuff going on this week. What do you have your yeah. eye on? So I'm looking at the at, so we're looking at Friday now, um, or I think it'll be Thursday night in the US, and that is the Mars sextile Uranus. And we had I just love the freedom, like the urge for authenticity and the insights that can come in in this because we've got, you know, Uranus in Taurus and Mars in Cancer. So it's going to be a bit more of a subtle vibe, but there still will be that, I don't know, they're just, I feel like it's that breaking the shackles free of those things that have been holding you back. It, it's more of a push on this whole Uranus in Taurus story. Okay. Like, where am I keeping myself limited? Um, where are others keeping me limited? What do I, what do I need to push back against? Where do I need to fight for my freedom? Um, and, you know, having the, the watery, you know, it's more of the feminine vibe to this one. It won't be as hot and heavy as it could be. Um, I just think it'll be just a chance to really, you know, especially with all that Gemini energy we've been talking about, just having open conversations with people, honest conversations. This is a very honest energy to say, you know what, that actually doesn't work for me. This is what I need. And can we work this out together? You know, can we find a new way to think about this or a new way to do this that brings a solution for, for everybody? You know, sex styles are a bit more of a harmonious energy um, and not so hard as a square. So, it's a chance to kind of make adjustments, but soft adjustments that work for everybody. And just a real chance to add some extra drive into whatever it is with Uranus in Taurus. So, you know, those small changes that you're needing to make, this might just be a push in the right direction with those changes to, to give you some, some more freedom. What about you girls? Yeah, definitely freedom. I think Mars Uranus is a little bit about restlessness, uh, a little bit about feeling kind of hemmed in around a couple of things, maybe not huge dramatic things, but there's mm. definitely a feeling here of I want to refresh things, I want to shake things up, I'm a little bit bored. And I know it's like a softer version of Mars Uranus, but I still feel like there's a level of courage and energy, like things get mm. stimulated or activated because Mars and Uranus do have a little bit of a spark quality to them. So there's definitely activity. Things are going to happen really quickly midweek. It's Wednesday, Thursday, just depending on where you are. So a bit of flying by the seat of your pants, but ultimately some of the choices or changes you make can give you a bit more freedom. What do you think, Cass? Yeah, I tend to agree with you, Kel. I think, you know, whenever we got Mars and Uranus together, um, flexibility or not being too rigidly stuck into what you thought was going to be because even though uh, Taurus might suggest that, <laughs> Uranus has got other plans. So um, kind of just being open to what's possible and I think that's what I personally really enjoy about Uranus. Like it may not always be um what you thought would be but be I think what's that quote that says when I let go of all that I 
uh, am, I can be all that I could be, you know. And so I feel that there's that little bit there where going with the flow, being open to a spontaneous option or making a choice that might be a little bit not what you thought you would choose, but still right for you nonetheless. Um, but yeah, it's definitely got that sort of sparky anything can happen energy behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Very exciting, very stimulating, just really buzzy, I think. Um, and starting to, I think one of the points you were making, Leash, is it's sort of like getting you to start tilling the soil, like start pushing or changing things that you know aren't quite right. I mean, I think Mars Uranus has this big desire for authenticity. You know, Mars Uranus is like, I just want to be who I am. I want to operate according to my own instincts and my own rhythms. And so Mars Uranus, it's very much about coming from a place of what's right for you, I think. Yep. Totally. Yeah, totally. Any other thoughts on that, ladies? No. So when's no. that Thursday? Thursday. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I mucked up. I'm looking at my calendar the wrong way. So, yeah, Wednesday night, Thursday here in Australia. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I do that like, all the Friday. time. Friday. <laughs> It's like oh, we're yeah. kind of like backwards or reversed or down under. Yeah, we come first. Like it's sometimes we've got to – yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, my calendar yes. doesn't have any lines in it. It's just rows. And so like sometimes I'll think, oh, yeah, that's Friday. But and then I look up, no, it's Thursday. Yes, I need yeah, to get a calendar like that. Yeah, I've already got my 2020s done. <laughs> oh, we're just a bit too organised sometimes. I haven't I even it, done Cass. June yet, but this is what mine looks like. So I haven't like, even done June there's nothing on yet. it, Leash. I haven't done June yet. I'm like, I haven't done June May. yet either. This is, but we're only doing May, so that's okay. Oh, May's up on my wall, and I'm. I'll have to climb on top of the laptop to get to it. <laughs> oh my god, so you don't cute. need to see that. <laughs> um, look, maybe not. Um, <laughs> well, if you could mask Uranus sit and just yeah, do the climb. <laughs> do the climb. Yeah, Go no, for it. thanks. Do Love the you, Marty but no. Cyrus. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking that's a song. <laughs> that song how do you know about that song Cass that's a bit romantic and soft and mushy for you because when I have to go clothes shopping I hear so I'm lost what song are you talking about oh that Miley Cyrus you know I'm not totally it was from a movie it's like totally it's a bit inspo inspirational and I mean it's still pop but anyway it's not like a massive I mean I'm Everyone's going to have to YouTube, Google Miley Cyrus, The Climb now. The Climb, yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, I'm not totally averse to popular culture. Sometimes I'm forced, I have to be exposed to it. I just choose not to be. I love it. So speaking of avoiding things, um, the moon is going to be in Capricorn this week. <laughs> yeah, let's do denial now. Did you like that? <laughs> love it, Kel. That is gold. Gold girlfriend. <laughs> well, I'm just like, there is a bit of a like, you know, so I wanted to just mention that the moon is coming into Capricorn this week. Uh, basically Wednesday, if you're in Canada and the States, Thursday, if you're in Australia, and this is when the moon is going to meet up with that kind of Capricorn pileup, the South Node, Saturn and Pluto. For my money, this is the more heavy stressful pressure 24 hour period each month that we're getting now mm. with the moon in 
Capricorn. Not because I've got anything against Capricorn, but because I know the moon finds it difficult to be with the South Node or with Saturn or with Pluto. And she's got to be with all three at the same time right now. It's like in a sign she's not comfortable in. Exactly. It's like you're the yeah. new girl at work and you've got the three senior executives and you've got to go into a meeting and you're like, what's going to happen to me? You know, there's that yep. sense of fear or worry. What have I done wrong? Now, maybe, you know, you are going to get some feedback. It could be really helpful, but uh, there's a feeling of, of pressure or being weighed down. Like I often think mm. with Saturn Moon transits, people really feel like, the, the, the physical quality. There's a slump. Like There's a, a slump. Yeah. It's like the old lady, you know, over the cane, mm. like I'm just worn down by things. Now, the moon in Capricorn, the moon with Saturn and Pluto, it's not meant to be melancholy just to upset you. But if you feel pressured, this is actually a clue that your boundaries are out of whack because mm. the moon and Saturn particularly is very much about self-care but it's also like you have to be responsible for setting your limits of what is and isn't okay. And so if you mm. do feel really under pressure, if you do feel like you've got too much on your plate, the thing you have to practice saying is no. The hardest yeah. thing for most of us to get out of our mouths, no, I can't do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, that doesn't suit me. You know, it's yeah. – and what one of – I think we talked about this on our WhatsApp chat. No is a complete sentence. Yep. Case in yep. point. There you go. <laughs> it's like anti-sales, you know. Correct. Like it's anti-sales is about open questions and boundaries and, you know, all of that stuff is uh, closed. No, I don't want fries with no. that. No. Yeah, mm. that's right. No. So it's empowering like- and I've been practicing that a lot recently and uh, it's amazing like how, you know, the dynamic works. You know, you if you're always leaning in, then they're not coming back to you. But if you're leaning back, then you get that counterbalance. And so sometimes it's that no that actually kind of makes others go, oh, okay, so she's not, he's not, you know, going to do that for me all of the time or um, you know, you like, it's sort of like you, you know, when you're in a job or in a workplace and you always go above and beyond, which is Capricorn in of itself, then people start to go, oh yeah, you know, they'll do that because, you know, if you want something done, ask a busy person, right? And then, you know, you start to say no. And then they realize, oh, okay, well that person, you're not going to do everything for everybody. So it's so underrated, the complete sentence. (laughs) And it comes back to how we value ourselves because really when we value ourselves and our time, that's when we set boundaries in place. And I feel like for us women in this culture, in this day and age, it is hard to say no because we're taught to please. We're taught to not value ourselves. We're taught to give and give. So for me, I actually have been really enjoying this moon in Capricorn energy. Yes. Because I feel like, and maybe it's because I've got all that crazy fire. Um, the the moon in Sag has been too much in a way. It's it's just too big, too expansive, too overwhelming. And I know others have been feeling that way. So it's almost like when the moon comes almost like it is when the moon comes into Capricorn, 
we can get our feet back on the ground and we can say, actually, no, you know, I, I did get all excited for a moment and I said yes to a lot of things, but you know, I'm thinking about it logically and I'm getting serious about this and no, I can't make it fit in. And it's okay. It's okay to change your mind as well. It really is. It pings the um, broader picture of the astrology of the year. Yeah. So when you kind of find yourself maybe going back into those yes habits or I can do that habits or you start bringing back in the stuff that you're trying to deplete, um, you know, physically, emotionally, what have you, the moon comes back and, rem- and then we go, oh, that's right, I don't mm-hmm. need that thing or I don't want that thing. And mm-hmm. it's almost like um, just helps us sort of uh, not uh, repeat cycles. Yeah. Because yeah. I do think that's one of the components of this South Node, Saturn, Pluto, Capricorn pile up is it is about pattern breaking. It's yeah. about figuring out those unconscious habits or tendencies that you fall into without realizing. And when the moon connects with the South Node and Saturn and Pluto each month, as it's doing on Wednesday and Thursday this week, there is a chance where you can actually get clear on a pattern that you unconsciously fall into. And that's the first step. I mean, you know, we often talk in sessions and it's like, yeah, so you want to try and you know, deal with this or focus on that, that doesn't mean you fix it right away. Because the first step to changing any pat- habit or pattern, especially detrimental ones like eating too much lint chocolate, um, is never to- a problem. Venus never is in Taurus, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. But you, you've got to be aware of what you're doing. So bringing that mindfulness, oh, I'm doing it again. And then you can mm. make a choice consciously. So it's sort of shifting that balance between what you do without thinking to what you do when you're actually paying attention. Yeah. It's like that Chinese proverb where they say, you know, half the battle is actually knowing the face of your enemy. Um, so when you're becoming conscious of whatever it is you're facing, then it's actually easier because you can see it. It's not this unconscious drive within you going, yeah, eat that chocolate or, you know, stay up late watching Netflix or, you know, I loved, I loved Brené Brown in her talk where she said, she said, she knows she's avoiding things when she gets into Netflix and she just watches watches episodes after specifically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards she gets on and she Googles the shit out of it. And that's, that's where she knows that she's actually avoiding something. And I was like, oh yeah, that came a bit clue close to the bone for me. <laughs> My husband often leaves me on the couch after a movie, like, you know, Googling the actors, the director and trying to find things. Um, it's didn't like, we mm. have a WhatsApp conversation where like, I'm screenshotting you, like the main actors in like one particular shot. <laughs> oh, that's my mate. <laughs> Remember yeah, him? And we he all knew who it was. <laughs> And you all knew. Totally. Just totally different movies we'd watched him in. But what I love, the point that you've brought up here, Leash, is one of my favorite, I think this is one of your favorite words too for Capricorn, Kel, too, is strategy. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, like um, you were saying something along the lines of Leashy about, you know, the unconscious habits and just doing things sort of on the default. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you find yourself just operating on your default setting, you know, Capricorn comes along, pings all this stuff and goes, oh, no, off the default. Now I've got to strategize or plan or, you know, come back to, you know, Capricorn is about the long-term situation and the work you're prepared to do to get there. And I love Mm. those two words for Capricorn, you know, work and strategy. Strategy. You know, that that just for me is just, yeah, I love that. (laughs) I need more of it, but yeah. And I'm realistic (laughs) 
and serious and that's it, it too, you know, getting realistic about what we're facing and serious about what we're doing, using those strategies you were talking about, Cass, to actually really implement things and put them in place, mm. make it practical, make it realistic. Yeah. yeah and I'm talking I, about the, sorry, Kel, go you on. You go, you go, Cass. You know, when we're talking about the practicalities, it's, you know, coming back to your chart, what is this mm. moon pinging for you in your chart? You know, what is the greater picture of uh, 2019 and the Saturn Pluto South Node? You know, this is your little kind of cosmic. You think about the moon being our little satellite. So it's kind of like the little radar going around us going, remember this thing and remember that thing and don't, you know, you know, break those patterns, break those cycles. So I think there's a lot of power in the moon in in um, Capricorn, you know, throughout this year. Yeah. I do too. And I think if you do get, if listeners, you know, if anyone's listening and they're sort of like, I'm getting a little of that lonely feeling, which can happen with the moon in Capricorn or the moon with Saturn, mm. that can be a clue that you're not asking for the support that you need yeah. Or again, that you feel like you're toiling alone and everyone else has gone out to the party and you're the last person left in the office or you're the last person awake in your home. Everyone else has gone to bed and you're still doing the dishes or whatever it happens to be. That's a clue that you might be putting more onto yourself than you need to. Um, but if you do get a feeling of heaviness, there is a mantra that another astrologer friend has given me that I've been sharing with people through my website. So if you feel like you want a little bit of a remediation to help you through this time at the at each month, uh, it's like the monthly moon time, um, on my website, it's called Work With Saturn, A Mantra for Discipline and Devotion. Um, and it's a beautiful mala mantra. You could just say it on the moon in Capricorn days, or you might find, you know, if you've got a lot of planets in your chart, um, around that sort of 20 to 23 degree marker in Capricorn. It might be something you do as a self-care practice this year as well. Cool. Good call, Kel. So a real mixed bag of energies this week. We've got the lightness of the Kazemi and Gemini and all the ideas, all the things. And then we have some uh, restlessness and frustration with Mars Uranus. And then we have uh, serious business pattern breaking with the Capricorn mm-hmm. moon connecting to Saturn and Pluto. That's enough fun. Back to work. (laughs) Absolutely. So what what have you guys got going on? What's happening for you this week? Cass, I know where you'll be. I'll see you at the bar, mate. But what about you, Leash? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be be in serious FOMO in the corner. Uh, But no, I will still be running my 50% off sale. So, you know, catch that online, um, seeing clients and yeah, just talking about the pattern breaking, I won't be launching it until kind of later in June, but I am putting together a seven week course on more of a personal development than astrology on pattern breaking um, and how to consciously work with your energy. So for those who are struggling with that, I will be launching, have a look for that on my website in June. I'll speak more about that then though. Fantastic. Just to clarify with the moon in Capricorn, you'll see me at the bar because that is the social hub of a conference. (laughs) I love it. I may or may not have a scotch in my hand, but that's arbitrary. It's the social hub and it is the Kazemi in my first house. So yeah. Yes. Kel, if she has a photo, if she has a scotch out of her hand, can you please take a photo of it and send it to me? <laughs> so follow us along. Um, I know I prefer 
to Twitter, but I will also be on Instagram. And Cass, where are you going to be posting to, from the conference? Uh, Twitter really and Instagram? Um, I'm really enjoying Instagram at the moment. I don't okay. know. I'm just not feeling the Facebook vibe right now. It's just, I don't know what's, I don't know, like, you know, maybe I'm just, I don't know, just not getting it. Twitter is, oh, I don't very mind it. on Facebook. Something's, something's yeah. changed. It just feels like I'm scrolling through ads and you know, all the notifications are different. I feel like I can't even connect to my own astrology page on Facebook very easily anymore. I don't know. Facebook, is it dying? I don't know. Like, well, what was someone telling me the other day that the, the demographic is uh, definitely 40 and over. So on Facebook, it doesn't, yes, it yeah. is actually our people. That's where our people are. Mm-hmm. Um, goes to show that we're just like three young chicks really aren't we if we, believe, if we, if we don't even really want to be on our own demographic like we're doing okay we're doing all right I mean really I feel like, like with Facebook with Teddy's experience right yeah that's true you have to um you have to jump over the stuff that's in your face to go mm. to the page or the, to the people that you actually want to connect to what I'm loving is the Instagram stories. I love just, yeah. you know, going through those. But even now, like when I first sort of discovered this platform and I'm watching everybody's stories, you could just go skip from one story to the next story. Now each story is like interrupted with an ad and I'm just like, oh, I'm so It is owned bomb- by Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. So Instagram will probably be, you know, the next Facebook in terms of clutter and problems. But yeah, I'm just sometimes I'm just kind of over this like having ads just shoved in my face that I never asked for. But here's my phone sitting here right next to me, probably hearing me talk about all this. So I'll probably get Scotch ads on my feed next. So you will. That'll be okay. So you'll be able to find Cass and I on our Instagram stories this weekend if you're not with us in Seattle at the Norwalk Astrology Conference, which is sold out. So I think that's it from us this week team kind of done yeah yeah look forward to seeing everybody at seattle this week it's going to be amazing oh i'm so excited and we'll have uh we do record our episodes a little in advance so our next episode won't necessarily have the conference debrief but there will be a little bit of conference debriefing in one of our june episodes i'm sure yeah yes we're just recording around travel and work engagements aren't we we are like the little we, uh, organized people. Capricorn, that, Capricorn uh, girls, we are. That Alicia <laughs> helps us to be. <laughs> At least someone's got Capricorn on an angle to keep Correct. us grounded and anchored. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, so and on progress that note, Venus in Capricorn is helping out with that one. Yeah, you That's do a pretty true. good job, Kel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it is do. a team effort. I mean, you know, always better together, as Jack Johnson sings. Yeah. Um, who, yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> I had to go for that one. I'm sorry. I know. I, was like, I, I left that one out there. Um, okay. So on that note, let's uh, say We're gonna goodbye. Go. We're actually going to go. Sayonara. See you, listeners. Bye, Bye girls. Bye. Everybody. Bye.